a Motorsport Podcast Network production. Hey everyone, Aaron Noonan here. Welcome to the V8 Sleuth Podcast powered by Repco. It's part two of my chat with Terry Wyhoon. Now on this part, we talk a lot about supercars. In fact, we talk about the time, I've never seen this before or since, that his V8 supercar got seized by police during a race weekend. It's a true story. And in another twist to the tale, how his team came back to win next time out. We talk with Terry about how he sees the future of the Dunlop Super 2 Series, and he's got some pretty strong views on what he feels shouldn't happen with the series moving forward. And we also deep dive into why he nearly quit the series early last year. He also tackles the National Motor Racing Museum Top 10 Shootout, and we chat some memorabilia too, with thanks to our friends at the Motorsport Trader. So here we go, buckle up, time to start part two of Terry Wyhoon on the V8 Sleuth podcast, powered by Repco. Bathurst 98, and Albert Park was the next year, um, the, the, the Motegi trip, and then pretty much it's lights out. Lights out. Did you see it coming? No. No. And I still, I don't know today why, what happened. You know, um, I never really, to be honest, got to talk to Bob about it. I had a really good relationship with Bob, but there was all these stories going around as to why, you know, why he shut it down, but... To this day, I don't really know the answer. Given what we've talked about, the prize money, building the joint, keeping it going, television pay, he must have spent so much money. Mm-hmm. It would have been hard to keep spending it. Yeah. And it had to come from somewhere. Mm. So whether it was coming from <laughs> team arts or other bit, I don't know. But mm, mm. I think his legacy is he was a bloke who put, you know, a lot of people would be, he rubbed up the wrong way, or people have got along famously, like everyone's got their yeah. their yep. winners and losers of life. But yep. he had a dream. He found a way to do it, and he did something that no one else has ever done. And I reckon that and chapter of the sport is really special for Australian motorsport for sure. history because it's mm. just amazing yep. when you look at it, not just the racing and the cars and who was no. who on the zoo, and but <clears throat> yeah. just the fact that it came from nothing. Yep. It wasn't like he bought an existing racing business and then just. Put another track up, and no, he it was from the ground. Did the whole lot, yeah, yep. unbelievable. And the crowds, as you know, what they were like, huge, huge crowds. Like the minute they put the lights up, yes, that gave it another kick. Mm-hmm. I think ninety four that was. Mm. That just took it to a whole other level. I remember he told me I, I spent, what he spent two and a half million with a company called Musco. Musco Lighting, yeah. yeah. And he said you'll be able to see where you're going because we're going to race at night. And wasn't it spectacular? Oh. You know, sparks flying off yeah. things and yeah, yeah. Oh. brakes glowing. Oh. And, yeah, <laughs> no, it was good. It was. I'm glad I was a part of it. You know, mm. it was. Um, it, I wish it was still going. Yeah, uh, I watched a few YouTube videos over the holidays, and yeah, it's. Um, I can't help but yeah, and and I'd go to Bendigo a bit here and there. So from Melbourne, Bendigo, what do you drive past? The dome. Yep. The dome. Mm. So it mm. brings back a, a lot of memories. So hopefully we can keep those memories alive over the years to come for people who didn't get to sure. go see the mm. racing or mm. know who was who in the zoo. What, what became of your championship winning Oscar? I sold it to Jason Wiley. From Tassie. Tassie. Yep. He ran it the next year right down to the last event. It was between him and... So Matty White, Matty White. Darren McDonald, maybe one of those two. Yeah. That's the problem with, of, with the Oscar Basca. Every year feels like the other. Yeah. Who was doing what when. He 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 could have won 
yeah, it was two or three of them there for the last event. He could have won, but he did something silly, clipped the wall and didn't quite win the championship the following year. Yeah. Um, I believe he's still got that car mm. sitting in a paddock. Oh, what? Yeah. No. Now, someone rang me about it. I'm talking only six months ago. Dave, sign writer from Melbourne, and he said that car is still there if you wanted to buy it as a, yeah. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. I'd be more probably interested. Oh, Which NASCAR. would you rather, the Oscar or the NASCAR? I was just going to say I'd probably rather that Oscar. Yeah. But, yeah, that NASCAR has got a, being the only Australian built one, is pretty mm. special as well. Yeah. Mm. yeah. We BP might have a talk after this. We <laughs> might have a talk. We'll ring BP, see if we can get a deal done. Exactly. Somewhere, <laughs> um, somewhere along the line. So the Thunderdome is over. NASCAR in the Bob Jane era is over. What next? We know that you go into the V8 Light Series, which it's something I wanted to talk to you about because at the time, um, of course, V8 Supercar was booming. Late nineties, Avesco, Channel Ten, Tony Cochran. <coughs> Field sizes are up to the point where they need another series to put the privateers. So that's what the Konica V8 Light Series started as, which is Super Two these yep. days. Yep. So that's where you landed. Matty White landed there. Um, some of the Thunderdomers ended up going there because it was the place to go. Mm. But around the same time, and I remember that you did do the race at Bathurst, there was the junior tour of Bathurst tour thing that Bruce Williams was getting oh, yeah. cracking that that's was right. kind of the yes. taking all these Oscars and creating like a junior V8 yes. series that wasn't really trying to compete with supercars, but mm. Avesco felt it was because obviously it was going to compete with what became the development series. Yes. You had a, a run, I think, in one of those cars up at Bathurst the year that they ran there in '99. Yep. Was that because that was right in that gap where the the Thunderdome stuff was failing, and the development series was starting? Yep. Do you reckon there was a place for that somewhere there? Clearly, there's a fair bit of politics in it, but the theory yep. that Bruce had and the, the the gear and the cars and revitalising Oscar, I feel like it's one of those things that really should have gone further, but it got scuppered by politics. Politics killed it, and there was, I, I believe, a place for it because um, he had, I think, Advantage at the time yeah, helping him. That's Brock, right. Yeah. Brock was behind it. He was managed by Advantage. Yeah, he, which became Octagon. Later Octagon. On. That's yeah. right. Yeah, there was some fairly heavy players there that were going to help Bruce get this off the ground. I remember going to Calder Park with Bruce and Brock to develop the first car. Mm. Like we ran it for a couple of days down there and Brock was there driving it and I'd drive it and Bruce would drive it and it was a ripper car, like real affordable. You could – that car wasn't a converted Oscar, but you could convert an Oscar to that exact same spec. Um, it had some merit. Hmm. And that race was quite good, that one you referred to at Bathurst. It was – yeah. I remember um, it was wet. <clears throat> yeah, I remember was, I got mm, drowned. <laughs> yeah. I drove with – with Marshall. Marshall. Yeah, that's yeah. right. He crashed, I think. <laughs> no, not I think, actually. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Poor bugger in the rain. Don't <laughs> rub it in. Stuck it in the wall at the top. Um, yeah, and quite a few of the Oscar guys did convert cars to running that. Mm. Was it called Junior Tourer? Well, it had a few names. It was originally when Bruce conceived that Junior Tourers, then it became 
Bathurst Tours because the first race okay. was at Bathurst in the, the, the wet two-litre race in 99 mm-hmm. um, that James Brock won uh, yes, in the right. converted ex Peter Fitzgerald Oscar that yes. became the Auto Art Blue Commodore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I think there was a term New Millennium Oscar. It was the okay. Oscar yep. 2000 or something. Uh, and right. then Future Touring was kind of <coughs> a, uh, the moniker that sort of. Future Tour, that's what I was yeah, thinking. They, of, they yeah. ran with the Super Tourist for a few years. They ran as part of the Power Tour for a little while when Toka fell over. Mm. There was a Magna, remember? That's the, right. They built a Magna. powered Magna. Yep. Falcons, Commodores. Hmm. It was the thing that Toka, when Super Touring died overseas, in, I think they were talking super production, slower cars, but they were going to take future tours and I think they even announced it. They were going to call them Toka Tours and that was going to be their series moving forward and yeah, then they right. pulled the pin on it. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a case of kind of what could have been. But by that stage, you found yourself an old HRT car. I did. And when Conica Racing. Hmm. So was yeah. that the kind of... That was the only place you could go race? The- yeah, and did I want to? No. Really? Not really. Um, I was quite happy with my um, NASCAR and OSCAR oval tracking and unfortunately, well, whatever happened there, you know, that got shut down. Um, we wanted to continue racing something. Probably should have put a little bit more thought into it. <laughs> um, bought this car off Peter Lawrence, $50,000. He was working at CAMS at the time. Mm. Um, nice car. I wish I had it now. Yes, good point. <laughs> <laughs> and if our listeners are wondering why you would want it, because it was the first HRT VN that Win Percy raced in the 91 Touring Car Championship. Okay. Became a VP after that. Um, became And the livery it's in now restored is has Craig Lowndes raced it at the Adelaide Grand Prix. In 94, as 016. In so what trim? VS? VP. Or? Oh, VP. So it got converted so VN, back. VP, yeah. um, HRT used it as their test car at Bathurst in 94. So Lowndes, that's the first V8 that Lowndes drove at Bathurst at the media day that okay. year. So, <laughs> you know, a few good names over the years had it, their backsides in it. Thomas Mazira raced mm. it as well. Um, Thomas Mazira crashed it once or twice as well. Uh, and then it ended up with Peter Lawrence and Michael Hart who yes. tried to do Bathurst in 96, but the engine died four laps in a Wednesday practice and they had to go home. Yeah, yeah. And they ran Bathurst the next year, 97. Mm. In it. And I think it sat around for a couple of years before okay. a certain ex-NASCAR racer wandered into yeah, to yeah, buy Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it was, yeah, not my first choice, but that's where we decided to to go and see what this Konica series was about. That was 2000, wasn't mm. it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how that all all kicked off. Every lap in under a minute means every second matters. Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint, May 17 to 19. Book now at Tick Attack. Supercars, unforgettable. So 50 grand. Um, oh, I hate to know 50 what it's grand. Worth now. But, <laughs> and I, yeah. And probably at the time, it was all it was worth. It had a five speed Hollinger, it had an engine that you know, it wasn't real flash and, yeah, made a little bit of a mistake there. But, yeah, that's, that's what, it's what, you know, and I thought I've dug myself out before, we'll do it again. Mm. So you, so, I guess too, when the Thunderdome shuts down, 
your cars are not worth anything then because there's nowhere for anyone. And it's that not was a, the issue. It's not like, oh, well, cool, a collector will buy it. Like perhaps, no. a, you know, when you finish no. with one of your supercars downstairs here, put it back to how it was raced by the main game team and there'll That's be right. a collector who'll buy it. Exactly. But, yeah. You know, you couldn't give them away. They were worth nothing. Mm. So we had no, we were back to scratch. Yeah. All that work and, you know, it's funny, you know, you look at it and we build up, build up through Oscar to NASCAR, had competitive cars in the end and with the prize money we could run them, bang. Mm. No prize money, cars that you can't give away. Mm. So we gave them away and we started again. And hence I've gone, well, this is what we can afford. Mm. We can't go and buy a car off HR2. We can't go and buy a car off off, – Whoever was whoever at the time, yeah. Type of team. This is yeah, what yeah. we've got, yeah. Yeah. So and, yeah, it's interesting you say that. So you you didn't really want to do it, not really. It wasn't my f- no. Hmm. And I guess I I didn't enjoy it because when we started the first round, I realised that you do need a top level engine, a hmm. six speed Hollinger. Hmm. You need to have spent the hundred and fifty grand or whatever it was at the time to be competitive in that level. Um, and I had done a little bit of road course racing, obviously, by then with NASCAR and Oscar, and I didn't not enjoy the road. I just thought, I'm just starting with this shitbox again. <laughs> I'm, back got, the start. I'm back to the start. Yeah. That's, that's, that was the bit that was a bit of a hard pill to swallow at the time, but, yeah. And then off we went again. We got rid of the old VR or whatever it was, Denkaro 2 it was, that mm. chassis, mm. and bought an EL Ex Dick Johnson EL, um, which you know I think we ran fifth in maybe two thousand and two in the Konica series. That was quite a good car, um, a very good car actually. Um, and then tried to upgrade into an AU, a double O Motorsport AU that you wouldn't wish your grandmother to drive on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a double O car, but it wasn't a double O car because no, it was a what was it? It a, was the color scan car yes. with the red interior that Rodney Forbes had raced. Yep, it, it, it wasn't Lowndes or Crompton. No car, it was the Forbes car. Yes, Rodney and it Forbes. was nothing like the other two. No, mm. Mm. yeah, but the, <laughs> I ended up with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was another there was there was a period there where there was like four or five years at like, yeah. That old saying, if it was raining fannies, you'd get hit with an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> I remember too, um for that in that two thousand year, because different to how it is now, the the Konica series teams, if you did well and you're in the certain point score range, you gotta an entry or ability to go to the Enduros. That's right. So you and Matthew White pulled your resources to Queensland and you Mm -hmm. ran in his car. You finished 11th. Yeah. Overall, Mm -hmm. stunning. He had an ex-Larry Perkins car. That's right. That was a cracking result. Yeah, when Matt bought that car, it was a ripper. Yeah, ex-Bathurst winner. Mm. Uh, We brought it down here and prepped it. Um, And myself, I drove with Matt, obviously, and a couple of my boys came came along and, um, yeah, great weekend. We could have actually finished in the top ten. We had a deflating tyre, left rear tyre on going down for the last 20 laps. But, yeah, it would have been great, a top ten. Yeah. Oh, it's one of those results at the time that I remember got a lot of yeah. a lot of attention. But for Bathurst, yep. you went back to your car. 
Yeah, I did. And that's where Brock yeah. PB was in your pits because James was your Correct. car driver. Great weekend spending with, with PB in the pits. Pretty cool. Yeah. Doing a track walk with him. Yeah. That was pretty pretty amazing, walking around there with Peter Brock. Quite funny, you know, James. Peter's given us all these tips, you know, and James is just not listening. <laughs> and I got back, when we got back down down the bottom, I said to Peter, you know, all those places where you're saying you hold it flat, you don't really hold it flat there, do you? And he goes, no, you don't. Let's just go over here and have a chat. And I said, so what? why were you saying all this stuff on the pit, on the walk? And he goes, because James wasn't listening. So I just thought I'd try and get his attention. <laughs> Thank Christ for that. <laughs> You'd learnt your lesson from Jim Richards a few years yeah, before exactly about holding right at Bathurst. Yeah, so. yeah. Fun weekend though. Yeah. So I do recall, so we've, we've, we've gone development series, bit of enduros. I think you ran with Rod Salmon one year at Bathurst. 2001. One. Yeah, just talking right. about that before there yeah. in your Ford book. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> so and then... Was there a year that you you popped up in a Jim Beam car? Was that Mike Imry's car somewhere along the line? Yeah, so, um, you know, back then Mike had to run the car. He didn't have a driver. They're going to get fined for... you got to run or else your franchise gets fined. Yeah. Yep. A lot of people, money. Yeah, 150 yeah. grand, I think it was. Oh, I don't know what it was, Around. but, yeah, yeah, something ridiculous. So you were so like the fill-in bloke for the day. I was, yeah. And we went, went to Clipsal round one and... Um, Mike said, you know, we're just going to run around and get things ticked off. And he said, but see how it goes and we'll, you know, work it from there. And I went out in P1, the throttle got jammed wide open. So not a good feeling. Came mm. in, didn't have a spare accelerator cable, so we just pulled it out and cut all the frays off it and put some CRC down it and they said try that for P2. And I'm thinking, Jesus, this is not ideal. Why am I doing this? But before the cable got jammed again, it caught fire in P2. And then we went in the quali and we just bloody missed out. But we didn't have anything set up to to run the car didn't really have a anyway. Big crew or refueling no, or anything. No. So just ticking the box. Ticking a box. Ticking yeah. the box. Yeah. So there's a period yeah. there where you sort of weren't in, you sort of stepped away from the sport for a little bit. Um, but then you yep. came back. And I reckon that's kind of around when what is now image racing Correct. was kind of built yeah. and created in that mid 2000s. That's exactly right. Period. So, yeah. Yep. I reckon you, you build a really good business case here where you, along the way, everyone has someone who helps them yep. or a couple of different people. Mm-hmm. And, and you meet someone who goes, Oh, I like car racing. Oh, but I don't know how to do it. You know how to do it. Can you run mm. this for me? Can you do this for me? Sure. Yeah. Can you help me drive? Yeah, sure. Yep. That's sort of where that all started. Wasn't you know it's yes. clients and customer work and that's right and that's yep. what really got you yes. rolling to what we're sitting at now yeah that's right that's why we decided to build the new factory and you know get some new equipment in and so we could facilitate you know managing and preparing other people's cars and that happened for a period of time Aaron and then I've kind of now gone to just really not so much doing outside work again with just concentrating on our race team again mm. and, you know, trying to get results and the only diff back probably like it was 20 years ago, but I'm just not behind the wheel. Mm. I'm trying to help these kids, give them something that I know how hard it is to get and, you know, talk to them sometimes about the journey and how you can make it happen if you want and, yeah, just be on the cones and talk, you know, and, get them through it Mm. and that is like I said the shot in the arm now is getting these young kids 
to where they want to be. Mm. You're not done in terms of – well, where were we talking about in that mid-2000s period yeah. um, and the foundations for what you're doing kind of now. But I do remember that you had a Stone Brothers car there for a while, a, a, Fal- a Blue Falcon, mm. which a Stone Brothers car had to be blue, didn't it? That's the Marcus Ambrose kind of kind of colour. I think you want to race at Wakefield Park in it from memory. Uh, uh, yeah. One of the years you went, so you were away for a few years from the development series, and you ran the touring car challenge, which was kind of a bit of a bit of everything. Some v, old V8s, two liters, Group A. Then you yep. came back into what was by then the Fujitsu That's series. Right. Exactly, I forgot about that period. So yeah. we bought a Stone Brothers BA first, and ran in that. Um, oh, an AU was the first one, wasn't it? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, we did. Yeah. yeah. You're going back. <laughs> yeah, I bought a Stone Brothers AU. Yeah. Correct. And was there two? Yes. One for me mate, Dean Neville. Yeah, yeah. We bought two, two uh, AU, AU3 and AU4, oh, SBR. Mem- your memory's good. Oh, I don't know about that. No, no. So Very I drove the car, the AU, um, the, which were, was famous for winning the 500 with Simon Wills and Bernard. Bernard. Yeah. Yeah. And the other car was the Ambrose car mm. that mm. my mate bought. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and we went back into what what was it called? Fujitsu. Uh, Fujitsu at that stage, I think it was. It was Konica, then it was Konica Minolta, then it was yep. Fujitsu. But okay. yeah, what we call Super Two. Yep. So Super Two these days. So yep. I think you know where I'm building to here. So yes. in two thousand seven was my first year with Supercars TV. I'm commentating the Fujitsu series. It's my yep. first year doing this stuff. It's my dream job. This is fantastic. We go to Queensland Raceway in about uh, May, June. It's probably – I've done five or six events maybe. Um, I'm with my producer of the time, Paul Mullen. We're in your garage interviewing Owen Kelly yep. because he's driving your car. He's getting ready to drive with Ford Performance Racing at the Enduro. So he's done a bit of a deal to have a steer to get his eye in and yes. you know get himself ready. <clears throat> We've just finished – interviewing Owen. And in those days, we didn't show those races live. They were post-produced. We showed an hour package the next weekend on Channel right. 7 on a Saturday. Yeah. So camera down um, and then the police turn up. Yes. <laughs> it is still the most – I'd forgotten about it until we teed up that I was going to come and see you. How did you get your race car repossessed at a race meeting – it's the most out there story I think I've ever seen with my own eyes. Isn't it? Yes. Um, well, it'd be interesting if you asked the previous owner why it was picked up from the racetrack. So we should point out, you didn't do anything wrong. Well, no. I, b- I bought this car, um, paid for it with a bank check outright for the, the money that was advertised for. Hence, when the final wash-up of all this got down to a court case. And we don't have to go into the names of who no. was involved, but we can give yep. the, the bits around the story. Yep. Yep. It, the car was awarded back to me because I'd paid the full 110000 I think, for the car at the time and in a bank check. But um, somewhere along the line between me actually buying the car and uh, the previous owner, he um, had half-sold the car to someone else. Mm-hmm. And um, that person wasn't happy, which I could fully understand. Yep. Yep. So he contacted police or whoever he had that could 
issue a warrant. And so they, they, how did it pan out that day when we were standing there at Queensland Raceway in the? I can ve- remember it vividly in the big tent area. Yeah. So you get a, a couple of cops turning up with a warrant, mm. which we find out finds out later that um, the warrant wasn't really um, a void legal document. I don't know what a warrant is. I've never had a warrant uh, before. Um, probably a good thing to not have been in that situation before. <laughs> exactly. Uh, gets took trade away. Yeah, like mid race weekend. I think you'd done yeah. one practice session or something like one that. One or two practices. Yeah, or something. Yeah, and, and they're that was saying it. we're taking your car. Yes. Yep. And no ifs or buts. No ifs or buts. Put it on a truck. Yep. See you later. Yeah. And they drove it out of the track that day. Yeah. Yep. Mm. <laughs> and then hence. However long later, I'm back up at Yatler at the Yatler court. Um, arguing to get your car back. Arguing against the, the fella, nice fella that had so-called paid for part of the car before I bought it. Mm. Um, we got awarded the car back. I felt sorry for this other guy, but which I was talking to him later and he said, well, yeah, he understands the situation. Mm. Less than impressed, mm. obviously. Yeah. Still waiting to hear the outcome of that one. I think it may raise its head again one day. Oh, right. Jeez. Mm. It's only 15 years ago now. I know. Oh, heck. Yeah. Okay. We'll keep an eye on that one. I don't think he's the type of guy that is just going to let it go. I think he wants some compensation and rightly so. Right. Okay. One of those strange stories only in motor racing that could Mm. happen. I vividly remember the policeman telling my cameraman and I and the producer Paul to stop filming. Oh, really? So I rang Larry okay. Lomax, who was the head of my yes. boss at V8 TV, yep. and he said, no, you're in a public place, press, play, press record. Mm. So I don't know if there's a tape anywhere still in the archives at Supercars that there might be a – I'd say it would have been taped over years ago and not needed or was clearly yeah. never used in the, the TV in broadcast the t- yeah. or, or uh, the, the interview mm. with Owen in the preview story just didn't get a run because clearly he wasn't in any of the races, so it yep. would look strange to interview a bloke who then doesn't mm. appear. But, but then – isn't it funny how motor racing works? So from that round where the cops turn up and take your car, yep. you go to Oran Park that year mm-hmm. with Owen, who's mm. still getting his eye in. He'd been doing a bit of American stuff, I think, at the time. That's right, yeah. And by this stage, you and Dean, you mate, have got your hands on a BA Falcon, the next model, an mm-hmm. old Brad Jones car. Mm-hmm. And he does something that no one in my mind has done in any form of supercars before. Yeah, what did he do? Mm, started from pit lane and won that race in exactly. the pissing rain. From last. Mm. So those old BJR um, BAs, they had the alternator mounted on the diff and unless the car was moving, there was no charge going into your battery. So it's pissing rain. you got the wipers on, you got your heated, the mister on, fuel pumps, everything running. You drive out of the pits, it starts, you drive out of the pits in the piss and rain, come around, sit on the grid while supercars scratch their ass and what are they going to do for 10 minutes in those conditions? He goes to start it, to go off on the observation lap, she's dead. So, of course, the rules are the rules. You've got to come in, prove that it will start. Two pit lane, prove it will start. Yep. So officials bump start him out there on the grid. I'm on the radio. I said, Owen, come in. 45 degrees, spike it, we'll jump it, get it going, put it in top gear and just hold the thing flat stick. Hence the belt, the alternator on the diff, 
charging the battery. And it was, remember Oran Park was, the pits were on a bit of a, yeah. A bit of a downhill lane, yeah. yeah. She's vibrating <laughs> on the four jacks out of our pit bay and I just said, keep it going, keep it going, keep it going, and then just shut it off, drop it to the ground, and then oh, I think it was Frank Lowndes standing there, start it. Yep, start it. Right, keep it going. So I pushed him back down to the end of pit lane, wait for the race to start, and off he went after after the last car. Yeah, I think it was probably 16 laps or something. Like it's not a mega long race in those days. It's not, but. And he passed, I think it was a 29, 30-ish car field, yes. and he wins the race. Yes. It's yep. insane. <laughs> um, yes, good race, wasn't it? <laughs> On the phones going. Go-kart lines, mate. I was standing out there in the pissing rain and just, yeah, rounding outside, used tall gears. Yeah. Was, um, mm. Is that Image Racing's best race win? I reckon it's got to be. You've had some good ones with some great young drivers in over the years and you've done a bit of winning in your time. But you oh, talked, look, you talked earlier one. about getting that satisfaction of seeing – and Alan wasn't yeah. mega young at the time. He was – No. He'd been around for a little while. Yeah. But to, to good win a race era. in that yeah, style was, is – It's certainly one of the better ones. I mean, I think, you know, we've had some of late that have kind of rewarded us, you know, a little different, if you like, mm. you know um, – just in the last couple of years, but it was yeah, at the time that was bloody mega. Given what had happened yeah. not long before that. Too, oh yes, right? that's right. Yeah, and that was you know like, I mean, mate, D Neville, he you know he, he was the type of guy that just went, oh that's fucked, isn't it? What happened up there at QR? And he said, you know, and we had a little bit of an issue with the AU at the time, with the engine in it, and uh, he said, I'll just go and buy myself a nice car, and he can drive that, you know, and. He paid a lot of money for that car with Brad Jones. Mm. And it was a good car, mm. but um, it was the sort of thing that Dean did, mm. you know, and uh, he said, we'll put Owen in it for the Oran Park round. Yeah, and look what happened. And look what happened, yeah. 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 Jesus, the next day I was crook. We drank some grog that night. <laughs> <laughs> My wife Dana and I were talking about just the other day. Yeah. You got to celebrate the wins because oh, in motor yeah. racing, the highs are not very often. The lows are irregular, so that's true. You got yep. to take them when you can when yep. you can get them. Absolutely. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car? best suited to. Just search Rego, the number two, and oil and find out. Yeah. So Image Racing, um, yeah, development series there for a little bit, and then the, the Kumo V8 Touring Car Series, you won that yeah. series. You still, by the way, hold the record for the most race wins in that series, if you didn't know. In Kumo. Oh, in yeah. Kumo, which is now Super 3. Oh, yeah. And because okay. it's all young blokes coming through trying to step their way oh, through no, in you general, do one year you're two. going to hold that record for a long time. Perfect. Hey, mm. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. <laughs> yeah. That was 2011, wasn't it? I think it was. I won it. Yeah, yeah you know, mm. an X-Stones BA. BA, yeah, that's right. And, that was the car I was, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just missed a few years there before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a few bits going along the way. At what point then do you decide... I'm going to step back from steering and we're going to run cars and help kids because that's one of the things you've always said is that your job and the other owners in Super 2 and Super 3 now 
It's to bring the kids through, to get them ready to go to the main championship. Mm. At what point did you decide, I've enjoyed my racing. I'm still going to race a bit here and there, but I'm going to help, you know, be in this more of a mentor, team principal type role. Sure. Um, Well, I mean, after winning that in 2011, you know, like you could see the young kids coming through that needed the opportunities and I wasn't getting any bloody younger. It was getting harder to beat them. Mm. So, you know, there's a point where you just start not to enjoy it so much, you know, because you could just, you know, feel the aches and the pains and trying to see an apex wasn't quite as good as it used to be. <laughs> um, and there's plenty of other categories, you know. I've gone on to do a little bit of the NC stuff with the Camaro and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I just I, I really feel for some of the really, you know, kids that are sh- struggling financially and, you know, because it certainly is an expensive sport. So we decided that we'd try and give everyone or well, as many as we could the opportunity to come through, help them with a little bit of sponsorship, you know, put this factory together, put this room together where they can come bring sponsors along, look at the cars, you know, give them a, a whole package, if you like, that's really not costing us a hell of a lot. Give them that opportunity to utilise what we've got and um, the the good ones will grasp that, won't they, mm, mm. and run with it. And the ones that don't, well, you can't do much about. So no. um, answer your question. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've enjoyed, you know, if we've had 20 drivers come through, which we probably have, I've enjoyed 10 of them. The others, yeah, I wish I never, ever did it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so a 50% yeah. success rate in terms of, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. It's difficult at times. Yeah. When 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 dads are telling you you've got your tyre pressures one pound wrong or it's the car, it can't be me boy. My uh, son's a world champion, just yeah. ask me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's been a bit of that in racing over the years. There has. And it makes it – I have no interest in listening to any of that. We work our guts out, provide a good product, and then you think – yeah, this is not for me. <laughs> and a few times we've ver- come very close to just getting rid of the whole lot of this. We have had those chats a couple of times yes. over the journey. What was the closest mm. where you went, this is a two-hard basket? The closest? Mm. Last year. Last year? Yeah. 2021. Mm. After the Bathurst exclusion. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, um, young Jordan Boyce who'd been with you for a few years over the journey in Super 2, young bloke from up Aubrey Way, had a win up at Bathurst in the first round. In the aftermath sometime later, um, there was an issue with the engine, which is from an outside supplier. He was excluded. You know, you lose a win that you would have had, the points that go with it, all that stuff with something that's out of your control because you don't build your engines. You get them supplied, Mm -hmm. you pay it. Everyone knows it's wild controls. That's how it unfolded. So was it that bad after that that you thought, oh, why yeah. are we doing this? Was, yeah, it like, because, was it because of how that all happened and what happened? Or yes. was it a case of you were kind of starting to think that and that made No, no, own? it was all because of that. That's a big thing. It is. Like you got this kid who's a mechanic busting his ass to get, you know, pay the bills, knocking on people's doors. He, he's always the first one to pay us. Um, a ripper kid, ripper family, we've got to become very close with them which we do with all our drivers, um, we lease engines from Walkinshaw because they are the best engines in the paddock. There's no doubt about that. They, 
look after us. They're great people to deal with. But um, they're a shareholder in supercars. I pay them a lot of money for good engines and I want the kids to have the best engines. Nothing to do with me whatsoever, you know, and yet we cop it. He loses the race. I I tried my hardest. Find me $50,000. Find me. Take Do whatever you want. Do not take the race off this kid. From the technical perspective, what was wrong for those who might not know the, the So um, at Adelaide last year um, there was a problem with – when they, when they changed to a new ring package and a different engine spec for main game, um, Walkinshaw were having problems with cylinder heads. And I didn't even know this at the time, but they had contacted supercars and said, hey, we're out of cylinder heads, they're cracking, blah, 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 the new valve, whatever the change was, you know, isn't suited, we're in trouble. And they said, basically, if you've got cylinder heads, you can run for the next event. We have, but they're on our Super 2 engines that I'd already signed an agreement to use. Um, they said, use those heads off the Super 2 engines and put whatever you got laying around onto the Super 2, right? I still don't know any of this. Um, so they ran this um, old spec cylinder head that supercars didn't have the drawings for. You know, because at the start of each year, you have to submit the VSD, the um, not the VSD, the, the ESD, engine the engine specification documents. Yep, from every engine builder. From every engine builder and show supercars what you're going to use. Supercars didn't have the drawings or the specifications of these old cylinder heads, but they were told to use them. So they put them on my engines and that particular engine at Bathurst went a couple of horsepower, three horsepower over the cap is what I was told. So instead of the cap at 650, we're 653. Um, that ain't going to win you a race, but I understand the rules. Mm. But at the time, there was nothing else Walkinshaw could have done. Mm. Short of not being able to give you an engine. Yeah. Mm. So they did what they were told by the technical department at Supercars. So but I feel that, that the... Your feelings are more towards supercars than towards oh, absolutely, yeah. Walkinshaw's, um, the the fella in charge of the engine department at Walkinshaw's, Ryan Medju, he was told to use those cylinder heads. I have no doubt whatsoever. I've seen emails, but the technical people that made the decision on the other end, for some reason, decided no, we can't recall that. So that's how it went down. Um, and I tried my hardest. I said, do what you like then, but don't take the race off that kid. Mm. But, but that didn't, that fell yeah. on deaf ears clearly and yeah. they mm. made the, yeah. Which the ruling is, that they made. Yeah. And that clearly made you go, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Hence why I put the cars on the market and you were one of the first buggers mm. to ring me. So yeah, I'll sell those <laughs> for you. <laughs> There's always people out there who want race cars, mate. Mm. I'd hate to have a cut on my hand if you were a... A fox or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, out of all of that, I'm very glad that you are still supporting and still involved in Super 2. You've, um, you know, we've just been, before we started recording down the workshop, you've got your, your two cars stripped from as they finished 
last year. Uh, can you give us any insight into this year, Super 2? What's what's happening? You got some steerers or what's happening? Yeah. Got, we, we've only got a couple of people listening. I won't tell anyone. Yeah, right. A couple of people. Yeah. yeah. A, a few. Yeah. A few. yeah. Um, so young Jalen Raybotham's coming back with us this year. He's got – he's a great kid. Um, we've been lucky the last two years we've had some rippers, you know, and they're, they're fitting into our little family group, if you like. Um and we're in discussions with young Josh Fife at the moment. We'd like to hopefully offer him something next week. Um, Barry Ryan and I are meeting on Tuesday to finalise all that. But um, thanks to, you know, Erebus and, you know, what we're doing here with our cars, they are going quite well and we have had a lot of, um, a lot of calls. I was going to ask you because you've got a tie-up to Erebus. What is it? How did it come to be and how does it all work? Um, how it came to be was I wanted to buy a car of the future and I asked Barry if they were interested in selling a car. He said to me, um, yeah, I'll sell you that car, which was Star Woods at the time, an old walk and sure thing. Um, he said, but, you know, we... We're limited. We don't want to get involved in it. We've got our own program, our own agenda here to get Erebus up the ladder in the main paddock. He said, but I'll sell it to you, but that's the deal. And I've known Barry, you know, he's been around as long as you and I. Mm. And um, I said, yeah, fine, mate. And so we bought the car and um, I suppose, you know, like t to be fair, Barry's rang me and said, I haven't heard from you. Is everything going all right? And I said, well, you fucking told me not to ring you, <laughs> not to bother you. And he goes, oh, no, we want to help. And that's just, you know, Barry, um, he's, yeah, the whole the whole group, Barry and his group down there have just been unbelievable. And, you know, to run a Super 2 car now, you need that support. Mm. It doesn't matter how many hours and how many mates I've got come around here every night. The, the days of the five-speed Of gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've got to have... Your Walkinshaw engines, you've got to have an Erebus main game team with their engineering department behind you, you know, because a lot of these kids are coming through and spending half a million dollars through the year and some have only got one crack at it. You've got to make sure, you know, if, they, if they're if they going to put their faith in you, you've got to, mm. you know, make sure provide. you're given it, provide. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, that's my biggest fear. We're trying our hardest. And luckily the last few years we've really been able to give a good product and hence the phone calls and young Jordan boys is we're going to try and do some you know wild card stuff with him he needs to to move on a little bit um he he we did discuss doing super 2 again but um i think it's time for him to to do some wild card programs and get himself a good enduro seat mm. um you know we've kind of ticked some boxes there with some wins with him now and yeah, we just want to get out and get these other two rock and yeah, rolling, yeah. rock and rolling. Yeah. What's your feeling on where? I mean, this is a discussion that's had a lot of times in paddocks and workshops. Super two, where's it at? Where's it going? New ownership at supercars. What's your feeling for the? For uh, I'm hearing yeah. a lot of drivers looking for a lot of seats, and there's budgets and the the regular yourselves and the Matty Whites and the Ben Egglestons have got you know there's people out there that want to do it. Um, it feels like it's in not a bad place at the moment. What's your what's your take? I hope that's the case. I've been concerned. I mean, I worked with supercars in 2019, 2020, trying to put that Super 3, Super 2 deal together to get the grid mm. looking what we're seeing today. 
it's not ideal, as you know, running the two different classes within one, but at least we've got 25 cars on the grid now. Um, look, I'm hoping that this year, I mean, they're combined again, but um, if we can get the Super 2 category up around that 20, and then, of course, in 23 we move into the Gen 2 car. Mm. Um, so that just concerns me how many cars are available. Mm. That's the big issue. Yeah, for that Gen 2 thing because, as you know, Noons, a lot of the collectors have bought mm. the current cars. Before they finish using them. Before they finish using them. Yeah. So, yeah, I personally, I thought we honestly, Barry and I discussed this, we should have skipped Gen 2, run our VFs off until they go to the new Gen 3 car, but we should have gone to Gen 3 at the same time mm. with a different spec ECU or whatever, like a 500 RPM less or something, Super 2, but same chassis. Mm. The new Gen 3 chassis that enables to do wild cards, yep. Because wild cards won't even be an option next year, no, no. <laughs> two different cars, yeah. And I just don't know where the cars are going to come from. Mm. I've, I've said to supercars, we should skip Gen 2 and we should be all at Gen 3. And Gen 3 supposedly is supposed to be a cheaper car, so Super 2 are going to have. A current car, five hundred thousand dollar car. Main game are going to have a Gen three car, which is three hundred fifty thousand dollar car. It's probably four hundred forty. Yeah, well, by it, the time they finish yeah, with it, but, but yeah, then the still, running cost because yeah. the engine's definitely going to do mm. twice the mileage. You know, mm. I'm still going to be using engines that do three thousand k's mm. and require a rebuild. Mm. So I'm concerned. Mm. For the longer term, for the, the longer term, couple of years beyond the next this couple, year. of, yeah, 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 yep. yep. No fair point. I mean, it, yeah. it's 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 a question mark as to you know. There's a lot of change to, to come now with there main is. game, mm. and it flows right through Super Two, Super Three. Yep, we might end up with a Super Four one day because <laughs> there'll be that many cars. <laughs> yep, around um over the period. So we'll we'll wait and see what happens. I guess with all that. Yeah, the the other problem we've got. Um, with the Super 2 and Super 3, like the Super 3s actually don't cost that much less to mm. run. You know, they're the same engine spec. They cost the same with the engine, drivetrain's a little bit cheaper. Sure, the initial investment in that car now has been written off compared with a mm. car of the future, but you can't offer much at Super 3 that much cheaper than a Super 2 ride. Mm. You know, so, um, yeah, um I'm not sure. I am concerned about it after this year, mm. what's going to happen because, yeah. I know of lots of Mustangs and lots of ZBs that are spoken for, sold, that will be parked and put in collections, not go. going to mm-hmm. another team to run. So, so you, know, going you to might be, want to go and buy new cars, but there might only be eight out there to get yeah. or so something like that. eight running in one category of Super 2 and then these are with the Super 3s. VFs and VFs and the yeah, current Super current Two Super cars. Two. Yeah, yeah. You might have a pile of people, that, and who's going to want to um, come and spend their money if they can't win? Because you go, hey, look, we'd love to run you, mate. You're a good driver, but we don't have a ZB. Here's a VF. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not really what I want. Yeah. Well, we can't get one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the challenge. Mm. That's the that's the big. They had the opportunity 
it just made sense to me, all go to the new chassis mm. and skip Gen 2. Mm. Super 2, don't go to Mustangs, don't go to ZBs. Well, we'll wait and see. Things can change. Just because they're said to happen, they could change. You mm. never know. You mm. never know. Hey, one of the things too, mate, um, we've got a bunch of great supporters of our podcast. One of them is the Motorsport Trader. Uh, they've got a website where you could get all sorts of motor racing memorabilia. Yes. Luke and his team have got all sorts of panels and parts and suits and bits and pieces. Yep. So it leads me kind of to the topic, which, by the way, their website is themotorsporttrader.com.au. They are, uh, as the tagline is, keeping your motorsport memories alive. I think I've contractually ticked the box there on how to say that. Uh, what is your – and I'm looking around the workshop here when I came up the stairs, some nice Thunderdome trophies, yeah. some nice stuff on the <clears> walls. There's some uh, Kumo trophies. There's some title. What is your most cherished bit of motor racing memorabilia that's here at Image Racing? while we're talking memorabilia and that sort of stuff? Uh, that's a good question, isn't it? I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things. There's the Peter Brock Classic Trophy and, yeah, um, NASCAR, uh, sorry, Oscar Championship winning one. That's probably that's probably up there. That's probably mm. the, the better one. good trophies in the Thunderdome days, didn't they? Oh, they were big, huge things. Yeah, well, you need to build a bloody room. You want to see Brad Jones? <laughs> oh, I've seen that. Yeah. Tra- trophy room? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that little photo I just showed you of me mate's Camaro, that – Oh, downstairs. Yeah, we, I we mean, that, upstairs. We should yeah, cover off that. That's pretty that, special. Yeah, we cover off that story because we, we talked about this before we turned the microphones on. So yeah. we talked um, – earlier um, about Dean Neville, who you ran cars with, great friends with, yep. unfortunately passed away two years ago now, I yeah. think, two and a bit mm, years ago. Two and a bit, yeah. Um, mm. In a innocuous. Bizarre accident, yeah. We should, I mean, he, he just had a fall in yeah. his head and mm. yep. unfortunately passed away. Yep. He, he had a, is a 69 car? 69, yeah. yeah. A group Beautiful NC car. car that you've had yep. a run in up at Winton and not long after he passed away. So is mm. it the last time you raced? Yes, it Something is. yourself? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful car. Mm. There's a great picture on the wall down here. Yeah. Of, yep. And he's a big part <clears throat> of the image racing story. Oh, he's, he has been, yeah. Well, I mean, he sponsored me when I ran. He had a company called Kid Home. Mm. He sponsored me when I ran in Conica. And then we got together and um, he had a drive himself. We bought the two Stone Brothers cars, ran them together, had a lot of fun, drank a lot of beers, <laughs> told a lot of lies, um, all that stuff. Ripper guy, um, he went. Yeah, he ended up running in NC, beautiful Camaro. Yeah, had his accident. His wife asked me to drive it, and went to Winton and had a bit of fun with it. Um, and bugging me, dead. I couldn't believe this. I had a phone call from her because she decided to advertise the car after that Winton race, and um, I used to hang shit on her. And uh, I said to her, "Well, thank Christ, I don't have to work on that frigging piece of shit anymore." And she rings me up one night and she goes, what are you doing, Terry? And I said, oh, I'm just sitting here having a beer. Why? And she goes, guess what? And I said, what? And she goes, you're going to work on that piece of shit again. And I said, what are you talking about? Well, my wife's brother bought it. <laughs> and it's still sitting in my shed at home, the Camaro. <laughs> my wife's brother doesn't drive. He just bought it because he liked Dean. And thought it was a cool car. Thought it was a cool car. And we're just keeping it. We're going to go and have a play with it every now and then. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm still working on the bloody Can't get thing. away from the Camaro. Can't, can't get away from it. But, yeah. Are you going to have a pedal in anything else in the future for a bit of fun or are you sort of consider yourself to just run the headsets these days and or maybe something historic that's a bit of fun? Yeah, well, I'm, we are going to bring the Camaro out. 
but we're just talking about my 11-year-old, 12 next week, son, Ryan. He said, we're going to do an enduro together. Are we? And I've gone, right, well, you better bloody hurry up and get your licence because <laughs> I don't know how many more days I've got left. <laughs> so I'm not sure what his plans are there. But well, he sounds like he's got a plan, though. He's oh, a, he loves his racing. I've met him before when we sat yeah. down here. He loves his, he's got his history books. He listens to the podcast. I hope he's listening to this one because I'll yep. be really disappointed if your son doesn't listen to the one that you are actually on. The absolute podcast. He he tells me about them all. Right. Okay. So you don't yep. have to listen to them. You get the report. I get from, the report, and yeah, then right, I can just make out. It. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very yeah. good. Um, some friends of ours at the National Motor Racing Museum up at Mount Panorama, who of course have some cool cars and memorabilia up there. They're open six days a week, except Tuesdays. Don't go Tuesdays. There's no, no one there. But right. if you want to know the opening times, go to their Facebook page or the museum's Bathurst website. And they're one of our longtime partners, and they sponsor our top ten shootout, which basically right. is ten mm. things. You give me the first word that comes into your head. It's just fancy word association, really. Right. You can't use the same word twice. You can use a couple of words if you can't do it in one, okay? What's the what springs to mind when I say super two? Money. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar. Fun. Thunderdome. Fun. Let's use that again. Oh, sorry. Thunderdome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, speed. Yeah, nice. Bob Jane. Smart. TCM. Everyone forgets you did a little bit of TCM. Too expensive. Mm, I think a few people say that too. Peter Brock. Legend. Kim Jane. Great bloke. Bathurst. Second best track. <laughs> What's the best? Thunderdome. Hey. <laughs> I should have known you were going to say that actually. I should have known that that was where you were going with that one. Two to go. Barry Ryan, who's been on the podcast before. If you haven't listened to the episode, Ask a young bloke about it or go through the uh, the archive. One word, Barry Ryan. Okay, that might be a bit tricky, huh? That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, clever. Yeah, nice. And Corumburra. Home. Oh, I knew you'd say that. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. Um, mate, thank you for your time. We've covered a stack of ground for a two-part episode of the V8s with podcast. This is going to keep your young bloke very busy listening to this in the next few weeks. Um, we look forward to seeing you at a racetrack soon with the Super 2 and the Super 3 cars. Um, again, if you're in the Corumbara area, maybe down in Lee and Gathaway, home of the great Jared Ruffett, the four-time mm-hmm. Hawthorne AFL Premiership player. That's just mm-hmm. how I'm going to slip a bit of footy in. Yeah. Uh, T&G Mechanical Repairs in Corumbara is the place to bring your car. Absolutely. For servicing. You do mm-hmm. it all here, don't you? We do it everything. Yep. Right. Wheel alignments, roadworthies, everything. S- sort yep. of. There yep. you go. We've slipped the plug Thanks. in there. There you go. Google Thank it. You. Look it up. Find it. It's here. It's got to be done. Terry, great body of work. Plenty more to be done, but uh, I'm mm. sure we've left out a bunch of stuff along the way that we can do another time. So, Well, you've brought some of the stuff I've even forgotten about to me, <laughs> my attention. But, no, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for listening to the podcast. It's Yeah, it's been great. Thank, thanks a lot. A big thank you to Terry Wahoon. It was fantastic to sit down with him over two parts of a podcast and talk about his career and his involvement. He's had a lot of experience over the years, both behind the wheel, on the headset, uh, in the workshop. It was really great. I hope you enjoyed so many of those great stories and insight from Terry. Don't forget, our bookshop website is open for business, bookshop.v8sleuth.com. 
www.ruthvelvet.com.au you'll find all sorts of bits and pieces in there to keep yourselves amused over the next few months. Subscribe to our newsletter too from the v8sleuth.com.au website. You don't miss a thing with that. We put through links to some of the feature stories and news stories that we do on the website. Uh, when there's new products out, you'll get told all about them. So definitely make sure you subscribe to that. Follow us on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on all of those. A little bit of news for you too, the Castrol Motorsport News podcast with Andrew Van Leeuwen and Stefan Bartholomew. It will be coming back next week. The boys are all revved up for another big year of motorsport in Australia and around the world. Of course, the V8 Sleuth podcast powered by Repco every Wednesday pretty much is the go in terms of when those all drop. We've got a bunch of great guests in store for you, a bunch of classic car episodes, a bunch more Q&A to do. It is going to be a massive year. Hope you've enjoyed this episode with Terry Wyhoon. We will chat to you very soon.